Welcome to our new podcast, Deep Dive, where over the next few weeks, we will be talking all things business, but deep diving into the new book by Stephen Bartlett, 33 Laws of Business and Life, with myself, Sean Horn, and the fabulous Amela Walsh. Well, welcome to this week's episode. Hi, Pam. How is everything going? I'm good. How are you? I'm really well. How's your first week back? Grand. Yeah, it's weird. So we we should explain, I suppose, because last week's was like the week before Christmas. Now we've had Christmas um, and uh, yeah, new week. I suppose the biggest thing for me is to try and keep myself accountable this year, actually. Um, The first week is always busy because you're just trying to sort everything out. I did a lot of that in December, though. I was quite ahead of myself. Um, but I'm really going to try 2024 not to be so hectic. I had a very hectic year last year. Yeah, same, same. And even I was listening even back to our podcast. I was like, I'm planning a, a nice, easy run into December, which did not happen. But I'm telling you this year, I'm going to have presents bought and wrapped by the 1st of December. I, I'm not doing it again this year. And like the only way we can prevent it is planning and being yep. really strict to the plan in Q4 because like, and for me, it's realized that December is actually a two week month it's not a four-week month. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean to work anyway. Yeah, no, it is, and because especially when you need to do stuff that sort of incorporates other people, mm-hmm. um, you're you're never really sure of what people's working times are. It'd be nice actually to see everybody's schedule at the beginning of Christmas to know when people are leaving and and coming back. But um, but the working for a couple of days between Christmas New Christmas and New Year isn't for everybody. But um, certainly it makes a difference for me. Yeah, I'll just, I kind of tip on my emails and that just to keep an eye on things. But I'm not working. I haven't, like, my out of office stayed on. I wasn't responding to anything. And I am this year, after what we said, going to try and get much better about scheduling my emails. Um, Because, yeah, and, and not responding when my out of office is on even if it kills me not to, because I know it's just blurring boundaries. Then it's like, oh, but her out of office was on, but sometimes she responds. So I need to get better about that. All right. So if I asked you, you're 2023, what was it the year of for you? Growth massively. Yeah. Yeah. Learning and learning about myself and growth. It was my first full year in business. Um, my expectations of what I was going to be able to achieve and my own skill set, I massively surpassed them on all levels. And it was just, yeah, like, you know, we do underestimate ourselves an awful lot. So for me, it was growth. What about you? Well, uh, the growth every year, because if you are the same person that you were 12 months ago, you're probably not doing anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember someone saying to me, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, I, I think I've really changed and this and that. And I'm like, well, if you're not changing, then something's wrong. If you're not changing, you need, to, you know, you need to be going to a coach or somebody to help you to evolve because, you know, we need to be growing every year. Um, and yeah, look, every year I'm learning something new. I, I obviously learned how to become a DJ this year. I learned, uh, <laughs> I went back to MTU for digital marketing. And yeah, so I, I always want to be learning. But most of my learning really, honestly, comes through people. And I was really fortunate um, that 2023 gave me the opportunity to meet so many unbelievable business people through the club and through Champion Green. 
Um, and I said yes to everything. And I think it's good to have a yes year, but this year has to be my year to say a few no's because um, otherwise I will burn out. And I'm very well aware of that. So yeah, 2023 was definitely um, 100% a year of learning and um, a year of yeses. Um, yeah. And sometimes we need those years. Yeah, I know it is good because, you know, it kind of when you say yes to everything as well, you really figure out what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy because the no's like they they just get way stronger and you're not going to knock. But don't want to say yes to that again. That wasn't enjoyable. But um, no, because for me, even last year, when you like learning <laughs> every year, I'm like not doing it again. I'm currently looking at UCD online courses to see what I'll do this year. And I know like last year I did my Six Sigma. The year before that I was doing project management. I already am an accountant. Like but I, I might do something again this year. I'm trying to decide. But like last year for me, I learned a lot about myself. Like I learned I had ADHD. You know, I now know how my brain works and how different it is to other people's brains. And just having that information alone is transformative, you know, yeah. having like different expectations of how my head will work in certain situations. It really, really helps. I'm forgetting now. What did you ask people to do? It was a collective nose, wasn't it? Collecting no's, yeah. So you had a year of yeses and they were telling people to collect no's. Yeah, so to a last part was to go out and ask people for things that you knew you were going to get a no for, from so that you could just try and, you know, ease your way into it and harden yourself up to no's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I like a no. It's all good. It's all good. I can't wait to throw a few out as well. So if you need a no, text me. I'll give you a no. I'm all about the no's this year. But, yeah. Uh, I've gotten better at it as well. What I've started doing is when I start sending a message or an email and I find myself over explaining a decision I've made, I just delete and I change that into a full stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I have yeah. to this year. Yeah. Too much. Didn't read. Yeah. Or do no explanation needed. No is a full sentence. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, once I see something over a paragraph, I know it's bad news anyway. I, I, I just haven't got the time for it. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm like, why? I don't need to know why you came to the decision. It's fine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't need to know that I come to this decision because the bloke down the road said this to me and then someone turned right in their car. Like it just goes on and on. And I'm just like, it's just yes or no. Get to the point. I need to move on. And I think that's the important thing. You do need to move on. Mm. You know, quite often I'll say to people, I'll, you know, I'll do a follow up email. And I'll just be like, listen, um, you know, can I have your answer by Thursday the 12th? Otherwise I need to move on. It's yeah. really that simple. So, and I don't mind the no, I just need to move on. Yeah. And then it sets the boundary. Everyone knows where they stand and you can move on. But Absolutely. when it's that lingering back and forth, you can't for so long. Like, But the amount of clients that I've worked with that don't put deadline dates on questions and answers is unbelievable. And I'm like, well, what date were they supposed to get back to you by? And they're like, oh, I didn't give them a date. And I said, always give a date. You need to close this stuff off. Yeah. Otherwise, it stays and it takes up room in your brain computer. And we don't have that room. So you need to to let go of it. But um, yeah, but I've seen like I even in that, like because I'm I'm very like good with that as well. I'm like, no, no, this is it. We need to decide it by then. So that because the next step needs to happen, whichever step it is. But I've had a lot last year of people committing to something and say, OK, so we'll do this. And then two weeks later, they waver again and go, oh, but maybe maybe we, you know, Maybe we should do this instead. And can't. I think sometimes you just you do have to take the bull by the horns and be like, okay, this is the direction we're going in. We may have regrets until we have better information. This is what we're doing, and stop thinking about what could have been at some point. 
I, I'm always amazed by so if you said to me today, oh Sean, can we pop down a date? I need to get something done on the 7th of March, or I'd be like, oh hang on, yeah, no, I'm free the 7th of March, I'll whack it in. That would never change for me then. So like I'll get an email then the week before and someone will say, oh, I'm just confirming that we're still okay for next week. Absolutely, we're still okay for next week. Or do you want to move it? No, I don't want to move it because I've turned away a load of people for that date. Yeah. Because I said to you three months ago, it's like if I say to someone, I'll meet you for dinner three weeks on Thursday, I'll meet them for dinner. I won't even ring them again. I'll just meet, I'll just be there. <laughs> it's in the diary. I don't yeah. look like, like, I don't oh, plan I anything else. Yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't know if you you didn't confirm with me. No, I did confirm with you when we organized it. Mm -hmm. And I like if it's in, it's in. But uh anyway, we will keep each other and everybody else hopefully accountable throughout 224. But today's um rule, would you like to tell us all about number five? Well, number five's rule is you must lean into bizarre behavior. When you don't understand, lean in more. When it challenges your intelligence, lean in more. When it makes you feel stupid, lean in more. Leaning out will leave you behind. Don't block people that you don't agree with. Follow more of them. Don't run from ideas that make you uncomfortable. Run towards them. Taking no risks will be your biggest risk. You have to risk failure to succeed. You have to risk heartbreak to love. You have to risk criticism for applause. You have to achieve the ordinary to achieve the extraordinary. If you live avoiding risk, you're missing out on life. I can't even say it, but I love this rule. <laughs> um, I say it every week, I love this rule. So I thought it'd be interesting. Do you have an example of what I straight away was like, oh, I've got a great example of when I lent out and I've got great examples of when I lent in. Yeah. Um, do you have like an example of where you lent out? Um, where, where I know I am leaning out currently, because I was thinking about that this morning as well, is subcontracting and bringing people in because I am just nervous of putting my name you know having somebody else kind of do a bit of work behind my name and me not having full control of it um I definitely lean out there um I lean out I think you're yeah, just putting myself out there even you know what I mean so let's let's think about that that lean out though so you're leaning out you need to subcontract and you're just not willing to do it. If I, if I want to grow, I need to subcontract. Yeah, I can either tap myself. No, I just don't have okay, confidence. So my, first, <laughs> my first thing I'm going to say to you as a coach is, why are you even thinking about it? To expand because I can't take on too yes, much more. But you're preempting a situation that you're going to feel uncomfortable about before it's even happened. Yeah. Because you don't need to do it today. So this gives you plenty of time to, to become comfortable with it. With just mean so that when you're ready for it, then you will feel more at ease. But I would not preempt the situation, you know, like leaning out. So I can give you a good example of where I lent out. It's back in 2001 or 2002. And I took over my, my role. I, I, I used to run a big gym up in Dublin and basically it was run by a UK company and um, I told them my email didn't work and I told them my email didn't work because I'd only ever used a fax and I told them my email didn't work because it was easier for me to fax because that's what I knew 
And I told them that my email didn't work because I didn't want to learn how to use it because it looked so scary for me. So I just told them it didn't work. And if, I never forget it. Eventually, this one day, this guy arrived at our front desk. And he's like, oh, is Sean here? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I've come to fix your email. And I was like, sorry? <laughs> and I was like, oh, mortified. And he was like, I've come to fix your email. Your email doesn't work. And I went, do you know, I, I actually don't know if it doesn't work. I said, I'm a big liar. I just am too scared to send an email. No one has ever shown me how to send an email. And I don't know how to do it. So rather than tell anybody I didn't know how to do it, I lent out and told them that it just didn't work. What I went to say was it didn't work for me. And when I thought about this rule, that is the last time I've ever lent out. Yeah. That I can really remember significant to me. Um, I do it often with the written word. So when I'm thinking and looking at studying, I always panic because I don't like to write. But I still lean into it. I'm scared of heights. I'll still get on the, you know, I'll still walk up the mountain and I'll stop then when I get too scared. I'll always lean in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's so important to lean in because otherwise, again, we were talking at the beginning your year of growing and learning. If you don't, the only way to grow and learn is to lean in and take the risk. Um, and yeah, I always look back at that and think, God, what, what? I won't even use the word because it's probably so on PC. But I was not right in the head to even think that way. I know, but you see, it's big. And look, I. I work with a lot of people who lead out. I think that's kind of where I end up being called in because we'll say um, the thinking that created a problem in a situation rarely can solve the problem in the situation. So then the likes actually, of me get called in. I don't in. think they're leaning out. I think you work with them because they're leaning in. They don't know how, like if somebody, if I was leaning in when I didn't know how to send, like simplifying it, when I didn't know how to send an email, leaning in would be me ringing our head office and saying, I don't know how to send an email I need some education oh no see that that would be yes like we say the founder the person that brings me in is leaning in but part the team members very very frequently lean out I've dealt with that an awful lot in change but management don't you agree in this though if you're the founder is leaning in and pulling you in are they leaning in because they haven't looked at their team yeah. properly because if my boss had actually had a discussion with me, he would have found out I didn't know how to send a bloody email. Oh, 100%. It's always because they typically they're they're unsure of how to manage this situation themselves. So they get somebody external to come in. But I do like I've, I've just I've been in these situations an awful lot and, and change in a big company, especially when they've been. And typically when I go into these companies, I'll ask the questions, why are you doing it this way? Why are we doing this? And it's always well, because we've just always done it this way. And, you know, that if it's not broke, don't fix it. There's no kind of, you know, um, process. There's no improvement mindset within the business. It's always that fixed mindset of, OK, this is how it works now. We'll always do it this way. We'll never look at anything else. We won't like I had a conversation a couple of weeks back with like um, a cybersecurity expert and he was putting the company off AI. He was like, oh, no, 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 it's too dangerous. We don't know any, enough about it. We're, we shouldn't be using it at all. And I was like, well, and actually, that, the company will be left really, behind. That's a really good example. Like, I like yeah. the examples that he uses in the book. I love the example of the CD and Apple Play, yeah. you know what I mean? And I love, what was the other one? Oh, um, 
sorry, you know, using a handheld device, this will never happen. You know, those examples in the book and and that example we're living now is if you don't lean into AI, you're mad. Mad, absolutely mad. Yeah, I think do it safely. There is a lot of risk with it, but there's always risk with new technology. I think, yeah, like we have, and that's literally one of the courses I'm looking at is AI implications in business because I do, I do think it's something that needs to be leaned into. I think it's massive. It's very vast. And people who call themselves not a tech, you know, I'm not a techie person or I'm not, you know, like I don't know about email. You have to lean into it or you have to hire somebody or get somebody who knows about it. If you are not the person for that, then you need to get somebody who is that person. Well, I always say I'm not tech. I just know what what I need to know to do my job. And that's exactly what you need to do with AI. So I've been playing with with AI for the last six months. I haven't been using it across my platforms, but I've been testing it and, and trying to use it better and ask it the right questions and then ask it in a different way. And now a lot of the stuff that I put into it, it can write it in my tone, in my voice. It's really, really clever. I've not used it yet, but I will be using it in January. 100% I will be using it because it's it's taken me six months to get my head around it. And that's what leaning is in. Mm-hmm. It, sorry, leaning is in is. <laughs> that's a real tongue twister. But that's what it is. It's not necessarily about going gung-ho or pulling in a third party to train you and everything. It's like, just start at the basics. Start with the chat GBT, put in some questions. Can you write this to me in this tone? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, start with things like, I don't know, can you write um, the 10 best things that ever happened to you by Pamela Walsh from Monarch uh, Solutions? It will start, and sometimes it will come back and say, no, I can't actually, I don't have enough yeah. information. That's then fun. you can say, what questions can you ask me to give you more information? You know, keep prompting Absolutely. it in that way. Talk to it like like a person. That's the whole point yeah. of it. Because um, I would use ChatGPT, but I do think like, I can see it in social media. I can see when somebody yes. is lifted directly from ChatGPT, I can see it a mile out. Like you really need to use it as a first draft. And then you bring your own like sort of like genius into it because yeah. I had to and, say to someone the other day, please change the text. <laughs> yeah, it's I can, it's so obvious that I can see, and it's brilliant because I I love a a first draft, a template, and then I butcher it up and do my own thing. But me yeah. looking at a blank piece of paper, I find it very hard to get kind of just started with it. Whereas if I have something yeah. to start with, I'll run with that. But um, it is very good, I think, as as a good like first draft for anything. I think the answer is, is if you have the information, if it's in your brain already, it's an amazing tool. Yeah. If you don't have the information in your brain, you can make some serious mistakes. And that's where I think it can be a little dangerous. You do need to sense check it because it has given me information that I knew was wrong. And, you know, like, you know, you go back and check it because it's I don't know what it like. I obviously don't know all the detail behind it and how it's running its algorithms and, and figuring stuff out. But it's not taking it from live Plus, on the internet, you can literally find something to back anything up. Anything, like yeah. we were talking about flat earthers last week. Like yeah. I can find proof of that if I want to on the internet. Like, you know, so you, you do have to know what you're talking about. You have to sense check everything. But I think even just going back to 
<clears throat> the leaning into behaviors. So I don't know, Sam, would you have done this with your marketing? Because I know it's like one of the marketing theories is like the pestle analysis. Yeah. Um, just to kind of, I like doing that. I think it's a really good thing to do quarterly anyway in your business to have just an awareness of your macro environment, what's going on around you. So PESL is an acronym and it stands for political, economical, social, technological, legal and environmental. So it's looking at your market, your business, everything that touches you and influences everything around you and your competitors under those six, six headings. And that will just give you an awareness of things that are changing. Is there something coming up that I'm nervous of that I don't know enough about? Do I need to lean into any of these little things? Really important time to do that, actually, at the mm -hmm. beginning of the year, especially when we're about to go into the year that that presents itself to us. Um, you know, I know we spoke a lot last year in 2023 about being in the recession. It was a difficult year last year. People coming out of the, the big C, um, a lot of businesses didn't survive. I have spent this year speaking to so many businesses and a lot of them haven't survived past this Christmas, which is very, very sad. This is going to be a really tough year for people. So it's really important to do that pestle and the SWOT. Yeah. Uh, you know, look at your strengths and weaknesses. Look at what your USP is because there's room for everybody and there's enough people. What I'm seeing out there is a little bit the divide between people that have money and don't have money is just becoming bigger. It is, so that, yeah. So there is money around. So you need to look at, you know, those people that you're selling to and where you place yourself as a business. And if um, you're if you're in a market that feels saturated, you need to differentiate the shit out of yourself. Like you really do, you know, 100 percent. And it is silly little things, you know, like, I mean, you know, I've got a business. There's loads of people do what I do, but I, I'm the oldest. So it's really important. That I tell people that. Mm hmm. It's important, you know, that, that's that's a USP. If you've been around since day, day dot, tell everyone about it. Um, you know, if you do things a different way, look at what you're doing differently. I mean, I know everything about my businesses and the, the, the environment that our business is in. And that's really, really important. People really underestimate these little things. And some of these things take two minutes to do because they're in yeah. your brain. Mm -hmm. You just haven't put them down on paper before and it's well worth doing it. And yeah, it's calling out the absolute obvious in every situation. Like in there, <clears throat> there's uh, there's lots of different ways that there, I've seen it done with bricks. I've seen it done with paper clips. Um, but it's basically, we call it like the paper clip challenge. But you do it for your business, your product, yeah. your service, whatever you're selling. So Shan for Elite Pilates. Hashtag ad. I don't know. <laughs> Shit, yeah. It's basically your paper clip challenge for that would be whatever your service is, have a look at it from, and this is where a neurodivergent mind works really, really well in these instances. If you need one, I'm here. <laughs> so looking at it, who does it touch? Who could, who could potentially possibly benefit from it in the entire world? What is it obviously used for? What are the things that are like, like mad, mad ideas that like nobody would ever consider marketing to, but potentially there's a market for. Um, just looking at things in a really, really unusual way. I mean, we sat down before I had a little bit of an idea and like, because I was looking at it for too long, you were able to speak to me about somebody else that would benefit from that product that I had never even just thought of because I wasn't doing that stand back and throw everything like and stupid ideas are really, really good here as well, because it's like like with the paperclip challenge, it's like, what can it be used for? It can be used to clean lint out of an iPhone. It can be used to open the um 
the little stupid SIM card thing on an iPhone. You know, it can be help hold paper together, it can close a crisp packet. This is the idea of like, look at every single use for a paper clip, but swap the paper clip out, clip out for your business. I can't talk now either. <laughs> Dan, yeah, no, I, I think it's your so business or your service. Yeah. And I think that's that's one thing that some businesses, especially small businesses, may have not done that persona piece because I, one of the things you said though, you know, who 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 could benefit from this? And it isn't always everyone. No. And and that's why when you do things like the paperclip challenge or you, you know you do your spots etc., then you start looking at your personas again and actually who really is going to benefit and who can help you sell what you're selling as well, because there's always a link to those people. Yeah. But you've got to know where they live first and what they want. Yeah. And even if we say in the case where, where me, it was like the end user was the biggest benefit. There wasn't the only like person who would benefit. And we found a way that somebody else with a budget would be willing to pay for that end user to gain from that. It was just just really like extending everything out, like who who in the world touches off of this in any way possible. And I, that's really kind of a good way to look at things like that. But yeah, analyzing, just standing back, it's so important. It really, especially this year, because you just, I think, yeah, diversifying, getting really specific about things. And I hate the word niche, but just it's me, it's adding a value to your product when somebody Googles coach. Like, especially coaching is saturated now, but like an ADHD coach who spec who's specific to females who run their own businesses, who are mothers. That's my person there. You know what I mean? Um, and that's how you, you niche down because that's what you get really good at. Yeah. And it's only sad, Tracy, if you know about them. I'd never mm. met a coach 10 years ago. I didn't know anything about coaching. Um, I'm obviously a qualified coach now. I know hundreds of coaches. And I, for years, I was like, Jesus, everybody's a coach. Um, but actually, I still meet people and I go, I think you could do with a, a coach, actually. I think, let me put you in touch with someone I think would be perfect for you. And they're like, what's a coach? I've never had. And I'm like, how did how did it because you only know what you know yeah you do and it's it's like and it's same therapist you know the whole because I think all of that's just for me it's like verbal processing to somebody but it's like if you look at yourself and look at your competitors if you all have the same bio I help xyz if it's all the exact because it's the same words coming up over and over again and now I'm like oh my god if I see that word again I I'm like I won't call them out now because I know there's a paragraph where we'll talk about wallpaper words and I'll save them for that but yeah like you need to make yourself different because I'm seeing so much online that's copy and paste copy and paste and it's not just coaching it's it's some product-based services as well they, they could all be the same company. It's all real copy and paste. You need to be able to stand out. You need to look different. You need to like really have your own market following you. That's a lean in in itself, claiming mm-hmm. your space. So if I said to you, what would you like people to do this week or think about? I think that I would like them to do, well, the paperclip challenge on their own business. I think it's yeah. a really good thing to do in the new year and do a pestle analysis. Yeah, and I'm going to add a spot to that. I am going to add a spot to that because all of these can be done whilst you're watching, you know, your favorite TV program on a Saturday. You can start these things. Just get your brain working. You know, I do a lot of this stuff when I'm watching Emmerdale. My brain's not really working and I'm just writing notes down. Um, 
but it's just get it started for me is and, and lean into it and know that you'll get a benefit from it. Um, yeah. And I think that's the first, like the first, like, so free mentoring and coaching, really, like the first thing any good mentor coach is going to do with you is like to, to start from scratch is going to do your, your core values, your vision, your mission, your SWOT analysis and your pestle and mortar, your pestle and mortar. <laughs> <laughs> your pencil analysis for your whole macro environment. And I think without that, you kind that's where you get your real gauge of who you are, where you sit in your market, where your business needs to be and what you need to do and what you can leverage on. They're the starting points, I think, for really digging into and looking at a business in that way. What I will say is you need to get out of fight or flight in your business and the firefighting to be able to sit back and do that. Because I do see a lot, and I've been there myself as well, that you're so deep in the business and things are going wrong and you're outing fires here and there that it's very hard to stand back and be able to make space and that white space to have a look at the business. You know, even, you know, those days during Christmas when you're kind of not doing anything and your brain is a little bit more calm. Well, I was just going to say, ideas break now. we're back in. It's January. No excuses. I'm not having any of that. No excuses. Get on it. Get it done. Uh, we can put that into the, the show notes, can't we, um, for them to get that done. And I hope they get something from it. And if they do, then I hope they contact us <coughs> on either of our platforms. Mm-hmm. Let us know how you're getting on or let us know if you've got any questions. And we will catch up with everybody next week for... Um, Number six. Number it seems six. like it's going quickly or not, but we might do six and seven. Look, we'll see how we get on next week because... Number six is short, so we might do six and seven next week okay. together. Yeah. Brilliant. All right, babes. Thank you so much. I shall speak to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. The music used for the opening and closing of this podcast is titled Pleasant Porridge by Kevin McLeod. Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 www.creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0